Ladies and gentlemen, I am Tony Chimmel, and welcome to Road Trip After Hours. Please welcome your host, Mac Davis, and WWE Hall of Famer, Kenny Long. Holler! Mac Davis live from the boom, 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 and beautiful Las Vegas in your mind. <laughs> no, no, I'm actually in Atlanta, Georgia, along with my pal right over here, the co-host, WWE Hall of Famer, Teddy Long. Teddy, how you doing? I'm great, man. <laughs> See, you, you, I'm in the boom, boom room. Look at this big, nice, relaxing chair that in right here that now this is the original boom boom room that's right brother <laughs> hey look here i got a lot of things that have happened since our last show we had a great response as a matter of fact one of the first responses i got uh after it went up uh, in the middle of the night the following morning i wake up and the very first uh message i get is from gerald briscoe and gerald had a one word uh email for us on the show and it was awesome so it, it was very nice for him to do that. Uh, Gerald, I appreciate that more than you know. And I know Teddy does because uh, trying to build this show and, and make people entertained at the same time is something that we're really wanting to do. So thank you very much. Well, and uh, let me say thanks to Jerry, too, man. I love Jerry Briscoe, man. He always looked out for me when I first came into WWE. And I'll give you a little, little story. Jerry told to pull me off one time. I think that's when I started, when I first started being the general manager. And Jerry pulled me out to the side and he says, Teddy, he said, the old man likes you. Don't fuck this up. Those were his words. And and I always remembered that. Anytime, you know, I tried to, I thought I might drift off. Like, I said, oh, Jerry told me don't mess this up. So I always remembered that. And I mean, it takes somebody to really care about you to come and tell you that because a lot of guys would want you to mess up. Yes. That's that, which is a strange thing in the business of wrestling. The majority of the people you work with want to see you fail except for the owner and yourself. That's about the only two people who don't. So, <laughs> right. Uh, Gerald Briscoe, by the way, uh, we do have a special video. Uh, it's a little uh, trio singing thing that goes on with him and Bill Aptor and myself. We'll show that uh, right at the uh, break because it's come us up about halfway through. That don't show that. You mean to tell me you <laughs> got the so you, Gerald Briscoe, and Bill Aptor singing somewhere? Sing and, and we are singing in tune, too, brother. <laughs> Oh, well, <laughs> well, I know your history, and I certainly know Gerald Briscoe's history, so I tell you what, I think I'll change my mind. I might want to see that. You might want to see that, <laughs> especially <laughs> after a good cup of coffee. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Somebody else that uh, chimed in on the show, uh, actually on you, uh, was Dutch Mantell. On one of his recent episodes, uh, he had mentioned uh, his condolences for the loss of your wife. But at the same time, he said he never heard how or who broke you into the it broke you into the business. You share you want to share with us? Well, yeah, I'll be happy to let Dutch know that. Uh, I, I, I like Dutch. Dutch and I, you know, got along. Uh, I mean, we, you know, wasn't riding, but it's nothing like that. But we saw each other, you know, when we got to work. And, you know, Dutch and I always talked. And I remember when Dutch was a uh, tag with Bobby Jaggers, I kept trying to think of that tag team. Uh, golly, it's, I, just, I can't remember, but uh, but it was Dutch Mantell and Bobby Jaggers, and I had the chance to referee some of their matches. That's when uh, Dutch had the whip and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, man, I appreciate Dutch, and and I want to say if you're listening, Dutch, thank you so very much, man. So, uh, how did you get your start? Who put you in there? Uh, the way I broke in is under Kevin Sullivan and Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert. God rest his soul. Uh, after I started refereeing, 
then I started, uh, when, well, the way I started refereeing is after I got the first job, Dusty Rose gave me my first job, and that was wow. a ref and, and, and putting up the ring, taking the ring down. So after I got that job, then one night I took the ring to Cobb Civic Center in Marietta, and the referee didn't show up, and then Louise Manning, uh, she's still around today. I love her to death. Sometimes I talk to her frequently, but she was a promoter for Georgia Championship Wrestling. And so Louise came to me and told me, said, Teddy Long, you, we're going to send out and get a referee shirt. You're going to have to referee tonight. And I said, I don't know anything about that. She says, well, don't worry, Teddy. said, the guys will help. They'll take care of you. And so the first match I had was Black Barton Run Bass, Texas Death Match. They started bleeding all over the place, scared me to death. I jumped out of the ring. I left them. <laughs> Colin McGowan, he's yelling, screaming, get back in the ring, get back in the ring. And I could hear Ron Bass tell Black Barton, he said, the referee just jumped out of the ring and left us. So, <laughs> so, uh, so they kept screaming at me. So I finally turned around. I get back in the ring. And, boy, I know I was in trouble. I said, I miss when this is over. I'm pretty sure I'm fired. Well, anyway, I got back in the ring, and uh, as I was continuing to referee, some kind of way, Charlie McGowan, God rest his soul, Scrappy McGowan, his son, longtime referee in uh, the Georgia Championship Wrestling. Charlie uh, messed up or something on the finish, and he rang the bell too quick. Ooh. And they got so mad at Charlie, at, at Charlie, till they forgot about me. So uh, that's that's good for I, you. That's good for yeah. you. Because <laughs> That's how I escaped that. And so from that little incident there, I started refereeing. Then I continued on, and I started riding with Kevin Sullivan and Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert. And I started uh, with them, and I let them know that my you know career was in radio. I was a disc jockey at a radio station. And so what we would do after we'd finish the show and we'd get in the car, we'd get a case of beer, and we'd hit the road. And so once I'd have about four or five beers in, you know, I started DJing, turning the radio down, DJing for them. And they just thought that was, you know, hilarious. And they was thinking, you know, I'm just thinking about just telling them, you know, what my career was. And but they had other things on their mind. And that was managing. So it was Kevin Sullivan and Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert that got me into into managing. That's how I started all that. You know, uh, Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert is one of those guys that I grew up with and his career was cut short. Um, which is unfortunate because he really was, I don't think people realize just how influential in the wrestling business at the time he actually was. Well, brother, let me tell you something. I learned so much from Kevin Sullivan and Eddie Gilbert to, you, you would not believe. And I was just lucky and didn't even know it to be able to, me and Kevin were really tight. We rode together. And so by me doing that, we was staying down in at the Disney World when we used to go down to Orlando and do the TV taping. So every night after TV tapings, I would Kevin would call me and I would go straight to the room there. And I was right there when Kevin would was booking the shows. And he, Kevin, a lot of people don't know, but Kevin Solomon is the one created the NWO. Uh, it was kind of his idea, him and Eric Bischoff. But like I said, Kevin, I sit there through all the production meetings. You know, I, I listen at everything. And uh, I, I kept, I, I sink it all in and I kept it all in, man. And as I continued my career in wrestling, I could go back and I could remember all that stuff that I'd heard and all that stuff that I'd seen. And so I was able to, you know, that's how I was able to get my own self over because I, I knew how. And that's what you have to learn in this business, too. A lot of guys go out to the ring. They might have a little bit of talent, you know, a lot of talent, but they not, might not know how to get over. Well, I knew how to get over. Simply because you did something most of them don't. You use this. Yes, I listen. And, and if you listen, you'll learn. Teddy, right. Let me ask you, in wrestling, what was the most difficult thing you ever had to contend with? I mean, just as, as a whole in your career, 
Is is there something that was very difficult for you to to handle that you can remember? Well, the only thing that was really difficult is one one night uh, I I just become general manager, and so you know when you had that job, you know a lot of times you had to go out, open up the show, and you'd have to right. be out there thirty minutes, you know, talking and talking to to, to the other the other guys. So one night, I think I had about three or four pages. Well, three pages. I said, I know I had at least three pages that the writers had written, you know, for this for me to go out and see. Well, I'm sitting back there by myself, and thank God I got a great memory. So I sit, got, you know, always got by myself, and I'd learn my lines and get everything in my head. And that's one thing Vince liked about me is when we had to do rehearsals, I would get my, my, my script before, and when everybody went to the ring for rehearsal, everybody had a paper in their hand but me. I didn't have no script. And Vince liked that because Vince was always wanted everything to, you know, to be real, you know, make people believe. So when the janitors and all the building people walked around, you know, seeing us in that rehearsal, they couldn't say I was faking because I didn't have no paper in my hand. I, everything I did was straight off, straight off the cuff. So that was that was good for me. So one night after I remember all this stuff, these three pages, I get ready to walk out and Vince calls me. He says, what are you saying out there? And so I told him, I, you know, what I was saying. And I'm, I'm like, he knows what I'm saying. He's OK. I can't say that to him. You know, So I, I, do I have to repeat all this over? I'm saying, so I started running it down to him, you know, what I was saying. And he stops me and he says, well, I don't want you to say that. Here's what I want you to say. So now I didn't try to remember all this stuff. And now I got to just forget about that. And I brand new that he wants me to remember. I got about five or 10 minutes because I hear my music. I'm getting ready to go. So I, whatever he just told me, I got to keep, I got to remember that all the way to the ring. So that was really difficult, man. Cause I mean, as I was walking down smiling, boy, I, my, my, my brain was twisting. Cause I'm saying to myself, now nah, I got to say, I got to remember this. So, that was that was that was really rough, but I pulled it off because I was able, you know, God blessed me with a good memory, so I was able to, you know, to pull it off. Yeah, we talked last week about it. Uh oh, Rufus. Rufus. <laughs> Rufus. Rufus, make, you, make your appearance, here. brother. Oh, he was. He's running he off is. now. <laughs> yeah. So last week we talked about uh, Vince McMahon getting upset when things didn't go his way, and you had talked about the coming to Jesus meetings that he would have sometimes with talent. Did you ever get to see any of those that you can share without maybe using names? If I don't want to get anybody in trouble. No, no, I, 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 I didn't see. Well, I have a chance to see some of them, but see, you don't hang around when that. <laughs> if you see it, you better keep on walking. Okay, so I happened to see a few, and then I happened to, you know, hear a few. And I had one with him one night, too, and I think I mentioned that on our last show, you know, so, but I didn't have a one. That, that, I made sure I'd never have no other, no come to Jesus meetings with Ben. So I seen a lot of them, and I heard a lot of them, and boy, they're not pretty. I know, I remember one time, boy, we was up there, we was in Gorilla, and the writers brought uh, the show up. Vince looked at it, and we're like five, maybe ten minutes before we go live, and he just ripped the paper right in half and he says go get me another show i don't you know he, he didn't like what was written and so now i'm on the way out what do i do what <laughs> I, re, reading what i've been given so you know I, so now i'm i gotta at up until till we get another show oh god that that, that had to be scary i mean yeah, you know <laughs> well, screw up you know if, yep. you know if you don't want that meeting i, I didn't want it let me ask you uh you also talked about the best drawing uh, people in WWE. The Vince made a comment about, you know, if, you, if you're not drawing, what good are you? Uh, who are the best drawers 
during your time in wrestling and who was the best wrestler? And are they usually one and the same? Well, I think some of them are usually one and the same. Uh, you take Stone Cold Steve Austin was the biggest draw, you know, you you even want to talk about, you know, so he was a great guy. See, a lot of time, you know, a lot of guys can wrestle, but they, 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 they don't know how to entertain. You know what I mean? Sometimes you can wrestle, but you're not an entertainer. So you take, like Hulk Hogan, Hogan could wrestle, plus he could entertain. So you got two things going for you. So like Hogan, he was a big draw, and, you know, in his time, Macho, uh, uh, Randy Savage. It was so many guys back then, brother, in the Attitude Era that could draw money. Taker, Undertaker, Kane, Stone Cold, you know, The Rock, all these people. Man, I happened to be, you know, was lucky enough to be right on the shows with some of those guys. And was lucky enough to be there to watch the, the arenas and stuff sold out. People, you know, losing their minds, you know, having a great time. And uh, so that 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 was my era, and that that's what I liked. We're about to run out of time. Uh, I just got to notice that we got like ten more minutes left, so we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back right after this. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Milk of Magnesia Light. Bringing you the same great taste of milk of magnesia you've loved for years, but now with only half the calories of other leading laxatives. Yeah! Join Teddy Long and Mac Davis on October 22nd at Superstars Fan Fest in Rome, Georgia. Superstars in attendance include Jake the Snake Roberts, Rock and Roll Express, Marlena, Brutus Beefcake, and more. Then October 29th, in Thomaston, Georgia, it's main event Wrestling from Georgia and the Big Halloween Show, featuring The Boogeyman. Plus catch a live TV taping of Road Trip after hours one hour before bell time. And that's where you can catch Teddy and Mac this month. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me.
Here's Rufus. I see Rufus. <laughs> hey, Rufus. All right, here we go. Our first email today comes from Stewie Palmer from Stew's Wrestling Podcast, who asks, who was the one talent that should have been a bigger star? Ah, who was the one talent that should have been a bigger star? Wow, man. I, I mean, everybody were big stars. I mean, there were some guys, you know, that I felt that they could have, you know, pushed a little bit better. I think probably, um, ah, God, I, man, I, that, that's a, that's a, that's a hard question. I just, because in my area, you know, everybody down that roster was stars. That, which so, is true because during the Attitude Era, I mean, it wasn't like you had one or two stars. Everybody was a star back then. You know, that right. They came to see the main event, but they also came to see the whole card. So yes. that man just didn't draw. That was that whole card drew. All right. Uh, here we go. Michael Martin. And this is from another podcast, the Armstrong Avenue podcast, of course, with Scott Armstrong, who's a friend of ours. And they have their own podcast called Armstrong Avenue. Stop by and check that out. He asked. Yeah. Does he do the Does he do the podcast with Mike Bennett? Uh, not Mike Bennett. Uh, Big Mike. Yes, he does. Well, I, I, let me tell you this right here, <laughs> Mac, and I know you'll love this. Uh, Mike had the chance to send me a text, and at the time that people were blocking my my Twitter, and he says to me, he says, "Teddy Long said I just got a call from the Atlanta Falcons, and they want to know how good you can block." Well, I showed Mike how good I can block by blocking him. <laughs> so, so, that's so you're rock. blocked, player. Yeah, you're blocked, player. <laughs> he wants to know: Did you know that your new talent initiative would create such superstars as Kofi Kingston, MVP, Bobby Lashley, Sheamus, and others? Well, I had a chance to meet Kofi Kingston and uh, MVP. You know, way before they got you know the big stardom, they were down in Deep South. Uh, with Jody Hampton, you know, that's where they basically trained that a little bit. Well, MVP trained a lot down in Florida, I think. But anyway, but uh, yeah, you know, like I said, if Vince sees it in you, then he's going to use you. So, I, I, you know, I, I had a great time working with MVP. You know, we did a lot of great stuff together. Did a little bit with Kofi and, uh, you know, watched him grow, you know. So you know, those guys came from, you know, like a good, good training, good schools. And when they came to the big time, they were ready. Had another question, facts from wrestling, sports, games, and etc. on Twitter, who asked, how was the 2009 SmackDown promo produced featuring you being abducted by The Undertaker in a limo? Uh, well, that was produced by Vince McMahon. All, all that whole scenario there, that whole story was Vince's idea. And so uh, I remember one time we, we was getting ready to go out. It was Taker and Vince, and then they they called me to come in and I came in. Well, I sat down and, you know, I'm like, golly, I'm really excited. I'm sitting with Benson Taker. You know, you, you know, you, you, you're doing something. So I didn't say nothing, you know. And so Vince looked over at me. Well, they were going over some stuff and he looks over at me and he says, are you going to say anything? And I, I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know what to say. Well, help us out here. You know, what, what do you think we ought to do? So he then that way he let me kind of put my input. And that's what I wanted to, you know, find out. Was it okay if I put it my input? So he let me, you know, kind of put a little stuff in. And I was lucky enough, the stuff that I told him and ran by him and Taker, they liked it. You're going to see that uh, promo reproduced <laughs> in a different form a little bit with Teddy and I in the future as Teddy and I do little takes on things like that. So you'll see that. But that is a fantastic promo with the smoke coming out of the limo, Undertaker turning his head and saying, where to, Teddy? You know, that kind of everything was perfect for that promo. 
Yeah, well, yeah, well, uh, Vince Bruce produced all of that. Uh, everything there, that was his idea. And just, you know, that would really made me happy. You know, I pulled I pulled it off, man. This is the boss's idea. So, you know, you better get this right. Oh, yeah. Look, you're, you're trying to get out of the back of the limo. It was hilarious. I mean, it depends on how you look at it, but I found it funny. So, <laughs> Steve in Pennsylvania from Twitter writes, Doom debuted in October 89 and disbanded March of 91. Do you feel the team should have had more time or was it the right amount of time for Ron Simmons to build his barrier-breaking title win against Vader in 92? Well, I think it was the right time. I mean, Doom had, you know, Butch Reed and Ron and myself, we had a great run. I mean, real great run. So, you know, and to see, you know, Ron Simmons get the opportunity to move on up the ladder, you know, and to, and to be the man, I was all for that. So I think it was the right time for Doom to break up and let's, you know, put that spotlight on Ron Simmons and let's give him the ball and let him score. What was it like uh, that evening when Ron won that title? Uh, well, you know, it was just great. Uh, a lot of guys, you know, some of the guys back there had tears in their eyes, you know what I mean? Because, I mean, this is a first, you know what I mean? So it was just absolutely great just to see, you know, Ron Simmons you know, come out like that, man. And, because uh, it was a lot more than just that wrestling match and winning that title. There was a lot more to that moment than most people will even imagine. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, like I said, you know, uh, a lot of people said Ron was the first black world champion, and that's what I think, too, you know. So, but I guess there would have been another black champion in WWF at the time. I, I'm not sure. But uh, just to see Ron, you know, Ron get that accomplishment, you know, that 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 meant a lot for all of us. Teddy, I hate to say it, but we only got time for one more question. We'll see. We got uh, in two minutes. We can get this in. Okay. Kenneth, Kenneth Beckner from Facebook asked, who was your favorite superstar that you ever managed? Is that the little guy, Kenneth Beckner? That's him. Well, it certainly wasn't him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have to see him again soon. <laughs> oh, I ain't worried about the little man. Make sure when he's talking there that he's standing up. <laughs> <laughs> who was your favorite? Who was your favorite superstar though? That you ever well, managed? I guess, uh, I guess not probably. Well, I had a lot of guys because I got along with everybody that I managed. But yep. uh, Johnny B. Bad was a great guy. I had a, a you know chance to manage. Uh, Butch Reed and Ron were just hilarious, especially Butch. You know, he was just hilarious. But I had a great time with them. But. At that time, you know, I was like the the babysitter. I had to babysit Butch more than I did Ron. So it it was just. But Johnny B. Bad, Butch Reed, and Ron were great. Who I had to manage. Um, I'll tell you one thing. I really had excitement. A lot of people may not remember this kid. Uh, Jumping Joey Mags. I didn't uh, remember him. He was one of the first guys that I started managing, and then I heard on down the line that they some people wanted me to fail and that's why they put Joey Mags with me because they know that he was just a guy that they uh, an enhancement talent that they had been beating on TV he really didn't mean that but I made him mean something one night because the night we was on TV and maybe you can go back to this but he had a match and uh, he lost and I told him I and this is by me being around here and all this stuff that I remembered I told him I said stand right there don't you move I said just wait I said, I'm going to give you a little sympathy talk. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm talking to you. I'm going to give you a pep talk and they tell you, don't worry. We'll get it next time. And I slowly said that to him. And then I said, now come up with me and I'm going to raise your hand. And I raised his hand and they clapped all night for him. A guy that had just got beat. 
but I knew, you know, it ain't how, you know, it's not how you, 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 you know, you win the titles it's how you lose the titles. So sometimes, you know, Chris Jericho was the best. You could beat him all day long. He'd get right up and still get his heat back. So for me to get Joey Max and the people's approval and the people to clap for a guy that had never beat anybody, that was amazing. And I, I like Joey for that. And so he, he, it scared him. He said, don't raise my hand. I said, no, do what I say. Do what I tell you. And he found out, you know, I was right. And he thanked me from then on about that. Penny, we're completely out of time. In fact, he may cut us off before I even say goodbye. I'm Mac Davis. He's Hall of Famer from WWE, Teddy Long. And we'll be back next Thursday, or Friday, actually, right here. Holla. Holla, player.